The Holy Gospel according to John, the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who is called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet who have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to talk to Thomas for a few minutes. You all can listen in if you want to. You can miss a meeting or miss a class or miss a putt. You can miss a deadline or miss a lunch date or miss a free throw. But Thomas, you missed the resurrection. What in the world was so important that you were not there with the other disciples in that upper room on that first Easter evening? Did you go out for food? Were you tired of being around people who were cowering in fear? Or being the realistic kind of guy you are, after Jesus died that awful death on the cross, had you simply given up on the future that was going to be following him and were you now just trying to figure out what to do with your life because your new normal is a world without Jesus in it doesn't mean you didn't love him we remember earlier 
when Jesus was in the temple in Jerusalem and he got in a fight with the authorities. They tried to kill him, but he slipped away and left the area. But then Lazarus died and Jesus decided to go to Bethany because Mary and Martha needed him. It was foolish for him to go there. Bethany was way too close to Jerusalem and the people who wanted to get rid of him. The other disciples tried to talk Jesus out of going, but it was you, Thomas, you who said to everyone, let us go also that we may die with him. You are loyal, Thomas, and you are brave. And you loved Jesus enough to be honest with him. Let's face it, the Lord was not always easy to understand. We remember when Jesus was trying to prepare you all for his death, he said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again so that where I am, there you may be also, and you know the way to the place where I am going. Well, how confusing was that? You were the only one who was honest enough to say what everybody was thinking while they were nodding their heads, pretending to understand. You are the one who spoke up to say, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? You asked your question, Thomas, because you are honest. And that's when Jesus said that he is the way and the truth and the life. And I wouldn't be surprised if you asked him more about that later, too. Thomas, you were never fake. You faced life head on. You loved Jesus, and he was dead and buried. Sure, Simon and John saw that his tomb was empty this morning, but that could mean anything. And Mary had a ridiculous story about seeing Jesus and talking to him, but that's just crazy grief talking, right? It can't be true. And then the other disciple said, he came to them in that locked room in that meeting you missed and showed them his hands and his side and talked to them about peace and forgiveness. But that can't be true because even if it was true, after that awful way he died, after what they did to him, after the way no one defended him, how could he talk about peace and forgiveness? So Thomas, even though even you have to admit they had a look of joy and wonder as they talked about Jesus being alive again, to you, it's just wishful thinking. You are a realist. You know that what they are describing is impossible. So you told them that you yourself would not believe unless you see the nail marks yourself and put your hand into that hole in his side, and that wasn't going to happen. Except it did. A week later, you were with them in the room this time, and Jesus appeared again. With tenderness, he invited you to touch his wounds. And in a heartbeat, the best heartbeat in the heart of the most realistic guy in the world, you realized your reality was too small. It had to expand to a reality 
that included resurrection from the dead, a reality where your friend Jesus is also your living Lord and your God. Thomas, you did not miss the resurrection after all. And Thomas, when you believe, you really believe. The rest of your life was devoted to sharing the good news of your risen Jesus Christ. And when realistic people said to you, that doesn't sound possible, I'll bet you said, I know, that's how I was too. But he showed me his wounds and I can't stop talking about him. Well, early church tradition tells us that Thomas never did stop sharing the good news of his risen Lord God. He traveled and preached in Babylon and Persia, present-day Iraq and Iran. And then in the year 52, he arrived in the Kerala region of India, where he established churches and gave his entire life to the love of God until he was martyred in the year 72. 1,600 years later, Portuguese explorers landing on the shores of India found practicing Christians who traced their roots all the way back to Thomas. They still call themselves St. Thomas Christians. In 2006, I worshipped on an ordinary Sunday in an absolutely packed Christian church in India, And although I couldn't understand a word they said, and although I was the only blonde in the room, I knew that I was with family, with my brothers and sisters of the risen Christ, who traced themselves all the way back to Thomas, the realist, whose reality included resurrection from the dead, who could not keep the good news to himself. Three times in John's Gospel, Thomas is called the twin, and that's a bit of a mystery. Who's twin? Sometimes he's paired with Matthew or Philip. Some early writings say his twin was named Lydia. One person thought that twin referred to two characteristics within him, doubt and faith. Another writer interpreted Thomas the twin this way. We aren't told who it is, so that we may consider ourselves to be his twin. Do we look like Thomas? Do we have some love in us, some loyalty, some courage? Are we honest about our doubts? Do we ask our questions? Are we willing to be changed by our risen Lord? And do we join with him in saying to Jesus, my Lord and my God. If so, we look a little like Thomas, and we could do much worse. Shall we say the Easter greeting to one another? Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Alleluia.